Welcome to Global Minnesota Podcast, connecting, informing, and engaging Minnesotans with the world and exploring important international issues. For a complete list of programs and to join us, visit globalminnesota.org. My name is Mark Ritchie, and I have the honor of serving as president of Global Minnesota and as facilitator for the Minnesota SDG, Sustainable Development Goals Roundtable. For the past four years, we've been meeting quarterly, hearing from each other from around the state, around the region about work that's underway in support of the UN and national leader declared sustainable development goals. Today, we'll be hearing from the exciting work going on at the University of Minnesota, one of our strongest partners. There are many things going on at the university and there, um, you know, throughout the whole system. So we'll be hearing about that today. Um, there are two coordinators or co-directors of that interdisciplinary work there at the university, um, the SDG initiative, a very exciting initiative. Um, the first one, and it'll be our first speaker presenting the work of the university, Karen Brown, who in addition to being the co-lead on the SDG initiative, is the director of the Interdisciplinary Center for the Study of Global Change at the University of Minnesota. And she'll be joined by her colleague, um, Dr. Katie Pelican, who's a associate professor in the Department of Veterinary Medicine, a wildlife veterinarian. But she's been also, in addition to her interdisciplinary work on the SDGs, She's been named the co-lead and co-director for SPARC, which is the system-wide support system for all large-scale interdisciplinary uh, programs at the university. So uh, these two women are leading in a broad sense this initiative and supporting new initiatives around the Sustainable Development Goals in the United States. I want to thank um, Dr. Brown and Dr. Pelican for their work at the university on behalf of the state and the planet. And uh, turn it over to you, uh, Dr. Brown, to um, uh, take us uh, forward into our STG roundtable. Here we go. Uh, my apologies. Um, my Chrome shut down for some reason, I had to reopen it. So uh, here we go. Um, again, we're excited to be here to tell you a little bit about the work that's happening related to the Sustainable Development Goals at the University of Minnesota and in our partnerships in Minnesota and globally. I don't think I have to say too much about the Sustainable Development Goals to this group since we are all working in that framework. I will say that the SDGs have been a great framework for the University of Minnesota because they allow us to connect the work that we're doing locally in Minnesota with what's happening globally and with these broader goals. And they also allow us to integrate across disciplines and colleges at the University of Minnesota to do some, some really great work. It allows us to see the relationships between things like uh, hunger with gender equality and clean water and reducing inequality. So we're finding it a very useful framework for understanding the impact of our work. I'll say a little bit about the approach that we're taking at the University of Minnesota, and we'll follow that with some specific examples of what we're doing and how we're using the SDGs to drive our work. So the approach we're taking has been, uh, from the beginning, uh, state-driven. We have tried to look at priorities in the state of Minnesota and connect our programs, our research, our teaching 
related to the SDGs to Minnesota priorities. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about some examples of that related to food and water um, going forward and how we've tried to connect local needs to the work that we're doing. Our work is also very much teamwork. Interdisciplinary teams are working on these initiatives. And again, we find that the interdisciplinary and the integrative nature of the SDGs really helps to drive that work. So we are doing a lot of networking and connecting with faculty and students who want to do this interdisciplinary work. We're trying to find new funding. And in general, we're trying to develop and promote a strategy for the institution that grows work related to sustainability and the SDGs. We're drawing on a lot of existing structures at the university. There are a number of centers, including the center I direct and many others that you might be familiar with, such as our Institute on the Environment that already do interdisciplinary work and they're helping to drive and support the work going forward. And finally, we're trying to align our programs and align the resources that we have to support them in ways that support the sustainable development goals. And again, we'll say a little bit more about that as we go forward about how the university is, for example, um, using our strategic plan to help drive this work. We're connecting our work globally. I mentioned that we have a strong focus on Minnesota, but we're also quite interested in connecting to the broader global context of what's happening with the SDGs. We're part of the Sustainable Development Solutions Network. Some of you may be familiar with this. It's a UN-linked organization promoting the SDGs. We also um, connect with the University Global Compact. We are connected to the Times Higher Education Impact Rankings, which is a new set of rankings that rank universities on their impact to advance the sustainable development goals. So we'll be using that as a framework going forward at the university. And we also are connected with a university network of European universities focused on sustainability and SDGs, the Aurora network. So these are a few of the ways that we're doing that work. So one of the first things that we started to do is to look at what is the work happening already at the university and how can we support it and expand it and enhance it. So we've been doing things like mapping our work against the SDGs down to the indicator level. What are we doing to advance each of these indicators? How are we meeting the requirements uh, to advance the SDGs and reporting on that? And I already mentioned the Times Higher Education SDG impact rankings. We also are tying the metrics of the sustainable development goals to our university strategic plan. So how to foster work related to the SDGs? This is one of the, the challenges that we are addressing. As I mentioned, we're working with interdisciplinary centers and units and partners across the university and beyond the university. And one of the ways we're fostering work is by providing resources. So we've had two rounds of an SDG grants initiative. The first was last year, we had a rapid response grants round which supported some wonderful work to address various crises in the state of Minnesota related to food, health, um, the COVID pandemic and racial equity. And we just awarded a new set of research grants to support uh, broader research projects related to advancing SDGs. These are some of the ways that we've tried to foster uh, interdisciplinary work across the university and beyond it. And, and uh, Katie can maybe say more about the SPARC SDG collisions where we've tried to identify funding sources as well. Finally, we try to provide a set of tools and some of these tools are beginning to be available on our website and more will be going forward so they're available more broadly. Um, a webinar series on the SDGs, um, again, connecting to various crises in Minnesota and beyond. A mapping of our research by faculty and scholars on the SDGs 
And we're also developing a mapping of our curriculum to the SDGs. So when we started looking at how to drive work across our institution and our system related to the SDGs, we looked at the Times Higher Education rankings of universities on SDG impact. And what we decided to do was identify um, several of the SDGs that mapped onto what the university is doing. And so those metrics are now in the strategic plan and they include um, things that we think we can drive change forward on. And we think that we have the potential to do well and they work across our system. So what we did was we chose four um, initial SDGs that fit the goals of what we call mentor sections, which is our work related to um, the priorities of Minnesota. So zero hunger, good health and well-being, those fit very closely with work being done at the university and state priorities. Um, climate action is another very important one. And then finally, partnerships for the goals because that's required by Times Higher Education. We have a couple of other SDGs that we are moving forward on in the coming year, clean water and sanitation and, and life on land. There are a couple of other SDGs that we think fit really well with our work, and, and these relate to questions of, of inequalities. Um, goal 10, reducing inequalities, is very important to us, as well as goal 5, gender equality, and these are areas where we want to increase our work going forward as well. I'm going to now turn the podium over to my colleague Katie Pelican to talk a little bit more about the specifics of how we're doing this work. Katie, over to you. Thanks, Karen. Yeah, so I think well, you know, we this is a fairly new initiative here at the university. Um, we started a little bit in the the pre-COVID days, just a couple months um, in the before times, as I like to refer to them. Um, and so, you know, we had these initial plans, and uh, we're just in some ways feeling our way towards what our original goals, right? So we talked about really wanting to think about interdisciplinary work and fostering faculty and towards uh, impactful work in the world. And, um, and, and I think that's now, you know, we're sort of, I would say, in the early stages of fleshing out what that will look like. And part of that has been the huge opportunity to include um, the sustainable development goals uh, and the times higher ed metrics in our system-wide strategic plan. For the university. So that came with it an opportunity to really tie and foster teams of faculty that are aiming for SDG goals um, that actually also tie to goals within our strategic plan, which is called impact across the university. Uh, and so this is a little schematic describing or showing kind of some of that concept, right? So we have, we uh, Karen just told us about the Times Higher Impact, Higher Ed Impact Rankings Metrics Task Teams. We have these groups that are collecting metrics for Times Higher Ed in these four areas. So zero hunger, good health and well-being, climate action, and partnerships for the goals. But we also have that future goals, uh, future goals to aim for, which includes clean water and sanitation, life on land, diversity and equity topics um, within the sustainable development goals. And so the what we've we're moving forward with is basically taking these these metrics that we're trying to achieve and the work within the strategic plan, 
uh, and tying innovation teams to those. Um, so forming sustainable development goal innovation teams that will be include um, diverse faculty, staff, students um, who are working together towards impactful work at the university. Um, let's let so as so the, and it's all set within our university under this uh, this sort of system wide sustainability coordinating committee, which um, will be made up is just getting convened now and it's actually made up of very high level people at the university like vice president level people. So it really gives us um, uh, really the 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 oomph, if you will, the power to um, move forward with some interesting work at the university. Next slide, please. So um, we have initiated actually, and our original concept was to create innovation teams like this. Um, but as I said, you know, the world took a turn and we have had some work get started, but it's been a little more um, grassroots. So the first group that I would say fits this category of an innovation team was one built around food justice that formed last summer. Um, I, um, we uh, led a, actually a volunteer network last summer called the University COVID Action Network. And that received requests from both the university community and external uh, members of our community towards issues, crises that were arising around COVID. And actually food was one of the major areas that we received requests around. Um, we had a number of crises that were occurring in, in immigration, in immigrant communities, in tribal communities, um, in cities, and then Minneapolis and the Twin Cities uh, communities, not just around COVID, but also ultimately around um, some of the unrest following George Floyd's murder. And so we formed an initial, what we called initially a community of practice um, around food justice issues and focused on some of these crises that were emerging. Um, and so uh, specifically work at White Earth, there was, um, as many of you know, a meat processing bottleneck that occurred in the state, which led to a real crisis in the meat processing uh, value chain. And, um, and was really problematic for small, small and mid-scale farmers um, in, the, in the state. And then also some crises within the cities around food deserts that occurred with some of the um, uh, uh, destruction of uh, neighborhoods associated with George Floyd's murder. So um, we formed a group um, that was, of different groups that were working in the area of food from around the university. And we continue to meet actually weekly to share uh, lessons learned, to connect people to resources. Um, and we, and so the work has been again, quite grassroots, but includes submitting grants and fostering teams, building partnerships, connecting people that are working on similar issues. And that group includes both internal and external groups. Um, and has fostered some work. So this is again, our, our most recent group, our, our longest lived in, innovation team. Can, next slide, please. So just some examples of the work that's being fostered. Um, we are currently 
in partnership with the White Earth Tribal and Community College, um, supporting um, a food sovereignty action plan uh, for the tribe. And this is um, based on some tools and approaches that we, all of the members of the team have brought to the table uh, in terms of participatory, very community-driven work, uh, supporting the community to think through some of the, the real challenges that they are have been and are continuing to face around food uh, security and with a goal of really towards food sovereignty for that community. Um, and we did receive a little bit of internal University of Minnesota funding to advance that collaboration. Um, and uh, actually we'll all be going um, in a, about 10 days up to, for our second visit to that community um, in advancing this partnership. Next slide. The other uh, funding that we have received associated with this innovation team is uh, around meat processing. So we have received a planning grant from USDA to support <clears throat> creating a badge program to advance the workforce around meat processing. One of the challenges the state is facing is um, a real a lack of small to mid-scale meat processing organizations or businesses um, that uh, there's that's a real aging population of people that support those right now they're retiring they're not finding buyers for those businesses and there are not, and a lot of businesses that exist can't find good um, workers for for maintaining their their companies so their work so the proposed is to create this badge we'll be doing training in collaboration with groups like the tribal colleges and although also community colleges to support uh, hopefully graduating um, undergrads and other in, people in the workforce who can either start their own businesses in this realm or move into mid-level management positions um, in this value chain. So those are some of the initial activities that we're doing. Um, but one of the things that we recognize is this, this group really came as grassroots and now we're hoping to tie it to our strategic plan and to this effort around Times Higher Ed uh, for Sustainable Development Goals. And so really wanted to think about a more systematic way of convening the group, um, convening faculty, and, and bringing a systems-based approach to food issues in the state. And, and so one of the things we're doing now is actually taking a little bit of a step back and beginning to map food against the sustainable development goals. Next slide, please. So um, we have going through quite an intensive actually, and this isn't stopping anything we're doing. This is just sort of parallel to the other work we're doing to begin to think and you know, really using sustainable development goals as a systems-based framework for, for, for addressing issues around food in a systems-based way. Um, so, and this is just an example of this mapping just to give you a sense of what we're doing with this. So we recognize that food actually touches every sustainable development goal and that the sustainable development goals can be used as a systems-based framework for looking at food. And so just to give an example of what we're doing, if we look at no poverty, next slide, please. 
we have taken no poverty and we've actually pulled out those targets uh, within the sustainable development goals, which are listed here. This isn't all the targets, just the ones we felt could tie to food. Um, pulled those out um, and then, next slide, taken each one of those targets and identified a link to food insecurity or food issues uh, with that target. So in this case, 1.1, which is eradicate extreme poverty for all people everywhere. The link to food is extreme poverty and lack of food. And then we're doing a literature review to look at, okay, what are those links? Um, and doing that systematically across the sustainable development goals. So you see here, uh, similarly for 1.4, we have identified a link and we found some literature. Next slide. And as we've done that, what we're seeing um, as, so this is an example of these links to targets that we're listing. We've done it for all the sustainable development goals, but this is just a small example because we don't wanna just overwhelm you with information. Um, so with each target, we've identified this link. And as we look across all the sustainable development goals and the links to food, what we're seeing, next slide, is that they really fall into different categories. It really is hard to see the yellow here, but the things that look like white are actually in yellow. Um, the, that they fall into three major categories. Yellow are risks, risks to food insecurity. Um, let's see, uh, green is, uh, is sort of equity and access to food. And then blue here is, um, is basically infrastructural or sort of organizational limits to the ability to provide a safe and nutritious food to, the, to people. So it has this interesting sort of triad of ways you can approach thinking about food um, in terms of you know, where are there risks, where is there, are there access and equity issues, and where are there institutional barriers to food access. Next slide. So what we're doing with that information, and we're doing the same thing actually for this water group, is, is using it to think through in a systems-based way, for example, what faculty we wanna be engaging um, in the conversation around food and in this innovation team as we sort of merge it into this effort associated with our strategic plan. Um, and, uh, and also thinking about it as sort of a framework to conceptualize the food system uh, from a sustainable developmental perspective. So, and, you know, and I think we'll gain information also about where there are gaps in research, for example, um, that we might want to, and, and where we as an institution have uh, an opportunity to address some of those gaps, uh, not only ourselves, but in collaboration with uh, other partners in the state and in the globe. So, um, so that's kind of where we are with food, which is our sort of most advanced uh, innovation team. We're in a much earlier phase with water, um, but we have been, uh, we've initiated a, what we're calling a water circle. This is in collaboration with the, uh, a university-wide group called the Water Council. And um, this group is, you know, we're still working towards figuring out what those, those challenges are that we want to be thinking about addressing. Um, but one of the 
ways we're doing that is to engage with state agencies to think about our state water plan um, and how we might collaborate with organizations in the state and the government agencies to advance the goals within that state water plan, which is quite a, um, uh, I would say, they also are thinking in a more systems-based way. So for example, that our water plan in the state has included behavior, social and behavioral factors this year in a way that it hadn't before. So I think there's opportunity there to, again, think about sustainable development goals as a framework for advancing goals within the state water plan. So we have uh, sort of had a handshake agreement, I would say, um, to work collaboratively with state and federal agencies and other partners to think about submitting um, sort of legislative requests, uh, but also seek other um, more competitive funding in the coming year to support our state water plan. We've also hosted a collision on opportunities within the federal government <clears throat> and we'll continue, we'll work with our federal relations group at the university to think strategically about what federal opportunities there will be coming down the pike. There will be, you know, with our um, infrastructure bill, for example, and other bills that are coming through Congress, some opportunity we believe to target uh, collaborative funding towards advancing some of our state and, and other global goals as well, national and global goals in water. Um, so what we do, the collisions are something that, you know, um, Mark mentioned that I am co-director of SPARK. SPARK hosts these collisions. They're basically bringing faculty together around different issues or potential funding sources. And then we support teams of faculty to go after those funding. We've hosted one around upcoming NOAA opportunities that are coming down the pike in the coming year. And we'll uh, also be hosting one with our foundation and um, uh, and have in the past hosted some of these as well as uh, as opportunities for funding are identified. So, um, and then we're sort of doing a similar mapping ex ex um, exercise with the water for these, for our water circle, our water innovation team. Next slide. So I think, yeah, so our next steps will be, um, we're planning to establish these innovation teams um, tied to our system-wide strategic plan called IMPACT <clears throat> around some other topics as well, in addition to water and food. So health, good health and well-being, and climate action, as we've mentioned. Um, and then, you know, for obvious reasons, we feel that including equity and equality in our suite of innovation teams is very important for our institution um, and our state today. So, um, you know, and taking this model that we're beginning to flesh out with water and food and applying it to these new topics under this umbrella of this new sustainability committee that's being formed within the university setting. Next slide. I think our next slide is, yeah. So that's sort of a, a brief summary of where we are right now with sustainable development goals. Um, and next slide. If you have any questions or wanna learn more, we do have a website, um, the link is here. Uh, and you're also welcome, please, to reach out to us if, um, if you 
you know, want to know more on an individual basis or are interested in collaborations with the university, uh, please, please reach out. We're very interested in thinking through how we can bring kind of univ our university resources to bear on some of the challenges we face in these areas um, in the coming years. Thank you, Karen, and thank you, Katie. And I want to maybe get a couple questions started by asking you early on, you were mentioning some of these partnerships, for example, the partnership with some of the universities in Europe mm -hmm. and outside. Can you give us a little more flavor to what that's looked like and some interesting things that you've shared and that you've learned from those connection points? Sure. Um, so the Aurora Network specifically is um, a European university network that focuses on sustainability and social innovation in their teaching and research. And we are the only US university that's been invited to partner with them to date, which is exciting. And it builds on some very strong and long-term relationships we have with some of the university partners, such as the University of Iceland, with which we have a long and strong uh, relationship in research and teaching. So the exciting thing about this is the Aurora Network Universities, and there are nine core universities across Europe, are doing the same kind of work that we're doing, but of course we approach it slightly differently. So we're really learning from each other. And a couple of examples of that are um, wanting our students to really have access to the SDGs as a framework to understand it and how it can help their learning and help them as they transition to their work life beyond the university. So one of the ways we're doing that is working together with them in figuring out what resources can we offer students. For example, we're mapping all of our curriculum across the university system onto the SDGs. They're doing the same thing at the Aurora Network Universities in Europe. And so we're learning from each other. How do we make this accessible to students? How do we communicate this to them? How do we get them excited about this? And how do we give them the resources to find the curriculum and the activities to support their interests? Um, that's one example of something we're doing. I'd say a second interesting example is we're working together on virtual mobility for our students. Of course, uh, during the COVID pandemic, we've had to be focused on virtual mobility, but even going forward, that's going to be an important part of the international experience for students. So we're working together to establish what are called a COIL, uh, which are a collaborative online um, international learning opportunities. So we're working with experts on our campus and their faculty to set up some joint teaching initiatives where our students can learn together on real world problems. So those are a couple of the things that we've been doing so far. Those sound great. Are there any of those coils set up about SDGs going into this fall or winter um, time periods? Um, so we, we are not, I don't think we're gonna to be to the point to actually have a collaborative course this fall, hopefully in the spring. Um, we just did a couple of workshops where uh, experts from our campus actually presented on what we're doing to um, their campus faculty to start to learn how to do that. There are some, some groups of faculty working on developing courses, but not yet this fall. Fabulous. Which also related to that though, and this is not so much the COIL or the Aurora, but we are working with Crookston campus to support the development of an SDG framed um, sort of leadership training program. It's really towards change makers. We're really hoping to, and, and really aimed at rural students um, and particularly drawing uh, sort of returning students 
it back into completing their undergraduate degree. Um, and so this is, we're really, with, especially with the leadership from our university right now with President Gable, she's very focused on new ways of reaching uh, students in more remote places, um, underserved communities. So uh, this is something that will be actually launched, uh, the initial phase of it, which will be based on kind of stackable, what we call micro-credentials. So you could build your, 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 um, your degree from these sort of smaller courses uh, will be launched in January. So that's another thing we're supporting. Great, great. And what would be an example of, let's say an SDG specific, either course or module or micro uh, certificate? So, you know, the, uh, we, the coursework we're framing out is both, it's sort of a combination of, of kind of leadership change maker kind of skills. So we're, it's sort of a competency based Mm -hmm. training program so that and the, the skills that we're focusing on the the sustainable development goals piece is really about sort of smart growth the fundamentals of this sort of sustainability um and and community engagement you know so how do you make change in your community um tied to some of the basic principles of, of sustainability slash sustainable development goals. Does that make sense? Sure. So that's, that would be kind of a micro module. And some of the other ones would be like communication skills. Um, and uh, I was just looking at this, so I'm trying to think through like, we have like six- Like leadership development would, kind yeah. of skills. Yeah, yeah. leadership yeah. development, but with an eye to particularly kind of community leadership, Let's not or servant leadership, um, rather than sort of executive God. leadership. So, so it, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it seems like each week that passes, it becomes more possible that Minnesota will host the World Expo on the sustainable development goals with a specific focus on those that are related to health. Of course, as you point out in your clusters, food relates to a lot of things, water relates to a lot right. of things, right. health relates. Can you imagine the mechanism by which the university connects with a large scale event like that as an opportunity for students, whether it's in the language department and the medical and the veterinarian and the uh, nutrition and the well-being, uh, athletics, sports, you know, I mean, it seems like the university just has it all. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't want to talk about some of that student engagement. Yeah, that yeah that's what I was just about yeah. to, to say. We're working really hard right now on the student engagement piece of our SDG initiative. We're putting together some resources to support students who are interested in creating their own events and activities around the sustainable development goals. And we think that there's a lot of interest there among our students. So um, one of our tasks is to provide some education and resources for students across the university system to make sure that they understand the sustainable development goals and the potential that they have for their own work and their own careers going forward. You know, and as we do that and those resources become more widely available, we think you know, students are already interested and they'll become more interested. We would, I know, you know, speaking for myself, I'd say I think we'd be delighted to find pathways and connections that our students could link to this kind of an event 
I think it fits very well with what we're thinking in the education sphere about SDGs being an important framework for our students to understand and an important way for them to, it's really a pathway for them to make impact in the world, right? And that's, that's one of the ways that we see it. And connecting to this kind of an event with external partners would be terrific. The other thing I might say is, uh, you know, in all the things we're talking about, the coil, the Aurora, there's a whole social entrepreneurship <clears throat> component to Aurora and innovation, <clears throat> this Crookston campus, you know, and I think both, both Karen and I would say um, probably the most innovative ideas and energy and excitement come from students, right? Mm -hmm. They, you know, and they have a fluidity of be, working in teams that I'm sorry, older people just don't have. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I think it could be, I mean, part of what COIL is doing is trying to link students around projects, uh, like that they're working in remote area, you know, remote communities that aren't necessarily in their backyard, but they could be working with students, you know, in from Minnesota and India and Africa on an issue. Um, similarly, with this rural um, sort of change maker curriculum, you know, core to that will be some kind of sort of problem solving team based uh, project uh, where they can work in interdisciplinary teams. I could see with an event like that, forming teams of students that come from all over the world around, you know, it could even be like a case competition or something where, you know, where there's some challenges are placed before them and they work together um, towards, you know, agreed to solutions where, you know, so you're building, you know, you come up with interesting ideas at the same time, you know, students get this experience of working together towards impactful work. The, the woman who's the head of both the Dubai World Expo, which starts in October and the United Arab Emirates SDG Council. So she has two big jobs, uh, but she said that their legacy of the Dubai Expo happening this year will not be another Eiffel Tower, referencing Paris and all of that. It will be a global inclusive health system that's crisis proof and fit for the future. So she described that health system in the question of justice and inclusion. She described the necessity of understanding about crisis. Panics happen, pandemics happen. We might make them worse or better, but they happen. And fit for the future, the sustainable development goals, how we talk about sustainability in general is really a reference to the world we leave future generations, how will it be? So she captures in her stated goal as legacy, something that seems very overarching and very thoughtfully crafted. She, you know, in charge of sustainable development goals for a whole nation. So probably she's thought about it a lot, but I'm wondering, that's kind of a big ambition. Mm -hmm. We have the 2030 deadline for the sustainable development goals. We have 2027 as the time that we'll gather in Minnesota to see how we're doing on the health-related ones. Can you imagine a kind of university-wide initiative that took on a big picture that said, how do we connect with others with this large, you know, 
crisis proof, fit for the future, globally inclusive, mm, sounds like a pretty good recipe or a pretty good framework. Um, can you imagine a whole university getting mobilized around a kind of common theme, common direction? I, I think one of the things I would say is like, I have been amazed at how fast we have gained traction at the University of Minnesota and we have the support of leadership. And so, yes, I mean, I might, a year ago, I might've hemmed and hawed. I would not do that now, especially, I mean, to be honest, if it's, it is health or one of these topics that I just mentioned, food or health or water, things where we have, we already have so much going on that, um, and we have, you know, some of the things we're working on, like even on a small scale, like with, white earth, these sort of participatory systems-based tools and approaches to think about, you know, how agencies and stakeholders are interacting, um, facilitating conversation to improve the whole system. You know, I think there's a lot, you know, a lot we can bring to bear on, you know, supporting some assessment and decision-making around improved structures and systems and culture uh, towards sort of stronger endpoints and things like health systems or, or food systems. Sorry, Karen, if you had anything to add there. Yeah, no, I, um, I'm in agreement with what you said, Katie. You know, we, this framework is um, very generative in terms of the projects that we're coming up with and the conversations that we're having. And, and I do think there's a lot of excitement about connecting the work we're doing at the university with uh, both local and global community needs, which is what the SDGs do. So yes, I think, I think there's a lot of enthusiasm for that kind of an approach. Well, I know that a unique thing about our University of Minnesota is the three factors that are often used to in the common word to kind of one health or one medicine, the notion that a medical school that's human health, a veterinarian school and an institute on the environment bring together three components that mm, the COVID pandemic certainly put an exclamation point. But in any case, this is Unique, not very many places on the planet have these three big things co-located and interactive. Have you seen the SDG interest being fueled somewhat by the fact that we have these unique conditions in terms of having these sort of major societal forces under one roof? I just think we have that and just about everything else. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I've always said we should play like disciplinary bingo. <laughs> <laughs> the oh. university would win. You could look up any obscure, you know, discipline and I bet you can find someone. In our we got rid of eugenics. Remember? We had well, that. that we, I we wouldn't got, call a discipline. We got <laughs> I, call rid of, I call that something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was big, but it's gone. Or it's yeah. less present. Yeah. So... And I mean, and it's funny you say this, Mark, because of course that's my background is One Health. Uh, so you know, I worked, you know, I, I'm leading Spark in, in part because I ran, you know, lar very large scale, $63 million One Health program in 17 countries, and I've worked in One Health in, in 28 countries around the globe. 
And I see a tremendous opportunity to take some of the lessons from, from One Health and, and think about them for sustainable development goals. And in fact, like, the tool like we're one. using- with, Give us a good one. Give us a big one. Well, you know, the, the tool we're using in White Earth is actually a One Health tool. So it's a tool that supported, we've actually supported high level, multi-sectoral systems analysis and action planning in 17 countries. Um, And, but I think it has application all the way down to the community level. So you're looking at, you know, I think what we did, what One Health is thinking about, I mean, specifically towards pandemics, speaks to the same issues that we see with all complex challenges that the SDGs are trying to address, right? There are many players in the system. Our systems are not geared towards having many players in our system. <laughs> and um, and so mm-hmm. we see that in the states, particularly because we're decentralized, right? We have state agencies and we have county agencies. Um, we have nonprofits and we have industry all in the mix. And so I think there's tremendous opportunity even at the, you know, starting at the state level or, or community level uh, to think about like, how do we structure ourselves to gain these big wins, which are these big complex challenges. So that experience of seeing One Health as a, sort of a, a place where some of the tools have been mm-hmm. experimented with, perfected, the genius of, SDG 17. So, you know, we got a bunch of topics. Right. And then we've got partnerships. Mm-hmm. And partnerships isn't the exact same word as collaboration or One Health, but it's in the context of it takes a group of mm-hmm. people, organizations, villages, etc. Right. So, are we developing the muscles in Minnesota? that then our young people and our returning students and others mm-hmm. um, get the same muscle development. And so they are going into the world as collaborative, one-minded warriors. Are we producing an army that will someday save the planet or is in the process of doing that right now? Yeah, um, I don't know about an army, but we're <laughs> producing a- A Navy? Well, Maybe it's a Navy. You were people, I don't know. Hopefully a, a community of students who are, okay. who are really excited about, as I said earlier, about impact on the world related to sustainability, right? So it's, um, you know, it's this, that's why one of the reasons I'm excited about this framework is because it really connects what you're doing locally with the bigger picture and the bigger impact in the world. And so, yeah, I think my hope is that we'll get a lot of students excited about this. And as Katie said uh, about making change, right? Change makers is what we really hope to inspire people who will have the skills and the knowledge to be able to go to their communities wherever those are and and make a difference uh, related to sustainability and the sustainable development goals. So yeah, I hope so. Well, it seemed the other thing about the SDGs that are different, that are really perhaps revolutionary in a way, is that they're based on a theory around governance by goals. Mm-hmm. That you say you want to reduce deaths and injuries by traffic crashes by half by 2030. 
Okay, let's get going. All you people over there in MAD, do your thing. All you people working on distracted driving, do your thing. You people building roads, build, do your thing. Everybody do their thing. Let's make progress. Is that part of what you see young people are excited about? Do they get that this is a different way of thinking about setting out goals and then achieving them through that sort of iterative and from the bottom up process? Mm. Yeah, you know, as, as I was saying, it's really an impact-oriented approach. And so I, I think that that does get people excited. You can see the progress happening. And of course, you know, everything can't be counted, right? Everything can't be an indicator. So I think we, we think more broadly about it as well. But the fact that there are indicators and we can measure does um, create some accountability around yeah. progress. And I think that's, that's really, you know, an, an important aspect. Um, I want to step back just for a moment to um, Mark this idea about the, the university's ability to create this excitement among students and our broad scope. You know, one of the things we haven't talked about much, but you know, the university has a, a really broad scope that includes also things like the arts um, and the humanities and the social sciences. And a great example is we you know, just recently funded a research project by someone who's using audiovisual storytelling and filmmaking as a way to uh, understand and connect with local immigrant communities. So I think that's another way in which the university really has something to offer. We have this whole scope. We have, you know, a veterinary school and a public health school. And we also have film, you know, filmmakers and film studies and fine arts. So that's the thing that gets me excited about the SDGs. We can bring all of those talents and skills and perspectives together to really advance work. Amen. Say, I mean, you know, it's interesting because I worked in all these countries under this USAID funding with universities and my, my you know, my argument for universities, which USA doesn't often fund, actually, they kind of go through phases, but is, you know, universities, um, you know, we were stable. Uh, we are neutral in, a, you know, in a lot of cases, like if we're thinking about systems like that need to address health, for example. There are many players in that system and they can't always convene well uh, because there's no kind of neutral entity in that mix. Um, there's regulatory agencies and there's, you know, there's like agriculture and health have to get together, but they're kind of equal in the system. And so, you know, I think we can play this sort of facilitative role. And of course we do evidence base, right? We build an evidence base for what can make change. So I do think there are, there are a lot of roles that I, we could um, and we hope to support SDGs through, yeah. Well, it's interesting for me because Global Minnesota, where I work, uh, was formed 70 years ago to be a welcoming organization for students coming from other countries mm -hmm. to the University of Minnesota. So it was the University of Minnesota International Center. And but that whole process was one about thinking about the long term of young people brought into the university. Um, and there had been some racial incidents around the country and people here knew about that and they didn't want that happening here. They also were aware that how people um, experienced Minnesota would influence how they thought about Minnesota and the country when they went back as an engineer, as a business leader, as a national leader. And so 
there's a way in which we know that the intersection of ideas, and you're often now using the word collision, that's a uh, interesting concept. It got a lot of emotional impact for many in society. So it's uh, something that stars do occasionally, I know that. But that sort of thinking about what motivates, what inspires, what then gives people the tools to then do something with what they're inspired about or they're outraged about or they're you know, passionate about. It seems like that SDGs created a framework that gave people tools, language, values, interconnective ways that people might not have thought about and then some very specific targets that said, here's 2030, here's what we wanna do, how are we doing? What do we need to do next? And so I hope that by keeping our work in this state of Minnesota moving ahead on SDGs, and there are lots of initiatives that um, the university and others are engaged in, but that we keep inspiring ourselves and our young people, and we keep attracting people from other parts of the world, and we keep traveling when we can, but Zooming when we must. And the SDGs will continue to have that uh, powerful effect with that framework. But it seems like we need to be checking in on how you're doing at these various roundtables uh, whenever we can, so we can all be inspired by what you're doing, but also people watching can use your email and your contact point to find new ways to put pieces together. I know you have a Fantastic new president, relatively new president. She's had a couple of things to worry about all the time. But I'm wondering if you guys have been advocating for a great big SDG speech sometime, someplace by our university president. Is that in the mix? Well, she gave one at the Aurora Network, actually. So is know. it online? It's a good question. I don't know if they posted it. Sure. We can ask. Please we can ask. ask. Yes. We would love to get it out. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that's uh, uh, good to be in that world framework. Yep. Yep. Also good to be uh, inspiring and bringing people's attention right here, too. So we'll do what we can. Okay, last minute comments, advertisements of upcoming events. You two are busy. What else do you want this wonderful audience to know about? Well, we, we shared earlier our website uh, for the SDG initiative. I think, you know, I'd say keep, keep an eye there. We will have a series of events starting with the academic year in, the, in September. Um, a little bit fewer formal events going on right now in the summer, but we will have a series of events starting up again in September. So I'd say watch, watch for us there. Great. Yep. Webinars Katie, any... and other events, yeah, yeah. Great. Thank you so much and thank you again. Great to see you on Zoom, great work. And thank you for keeping our university strong and aiming in the direction of sustainability. Bye to everybody who's joined us today and see you at the next SDG Roundtable. Bye now. Thanks, Mark. Bye-bye everybody.